Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Welcome back to Civilization, Rev. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but how are you, buddy? Well, I'm back in Civilization. I was out in the wilderness for the weekend. Are you sure so, I should? I guess. I guess maybe I should welcome you back into uh, Civilization. I just kind of assumed that everybody was gone, but you've got a baby, so I guess you had to stay. Yeah, this is probably the first Memorial Day in a long time that I really just didn't do anything. Did you grill outside with Jack? Uh, no, we don't have an outside area, but you know we do talk about burgers in the intro of this show, and that was a very leading question, and you didn't know it. But I, uh, I cooked burgers every single day this weekend in my own kitchen. What was the best one that you had for yourself? Um, so yesterday morning, I tried to recreate uh, El Mago de las Fritas Frita. Um, you know, it was like a burger patty with a, a, a caballo, which is, means an egg, um, y queso, which is cheese, and then like papas, which are the uh, shredded French fries or shredded potato sticks. Mm-hmm. It, it was really good. My, you know, my wife looked at me and said, Dave, this is great. Um, she doesn't call me red. And, but it was not El Mago. It was not even close to El Mago. I don't even want to act like it was near El Mago. But it was really, really good. I'd be curious to try yours because as much as I liked El Mago, uh, I think that kind of, what it's like soda bread almost, Papa's and the egg were great. But I, I don't know. It's like not my style of burger preference. So I'm cur- I'd be curious to try yours. I might like it more. I use the Martin's potato roll. Yeah, see, that tips the scales for me. In yeah, fact, we- I was, uh, I think I talked about this recently, but I was at a new place called The Burgery on the Lower East Side, and they do this, stop me if I've talked about this before, but they do a very, like an ode to the Lower East Side burger uh, with pastrami, bacon, and uh, it's on rye. And I asked for it on a potato roll because I just, I, I know what I like in a burger, and a potato roll is almost always what I want. How was it otherwise? Did Wait, did they serve it to you on the potato roll? No. Yeah, yeah, They served me the way I wanted. Um, and it was great. And I'm glad I swapped. Uh, although once I tasted the pastrami, I thought mm, maybe the full experience would have been good. But uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad that they were, there was no question about it. They weren't pretentious about it. They said, we want you to have it the way you want it. Potato roll it is. And it was great. Well, speaking of rolls, there's our big segue today. Uh, we do not have a guest. <laughs> so what Brad and I are going to do today is talk about the Schweiden Sons Burger Trends Report, which is going to reveal some of the biggest and most upcoming trends in hamburgers, including what type of rolls are people using. I'm stoked. I love burgers. How did this come to be? So when I first started working at Schweiden Sons, uh, I started calling all of our customers and asking, like, hey, what else can we do to help you? And one of the answers that we got frequently was, hey, can you send us, you know, trend data? Can you get these technomic reports? Like, how do you, how do we find out stuff about what's going on with menus and trends? And, you know, I, you know, I could best guess by asking you or looking on Twitter or, you know, seeing what's happening on Instagram, but I really didn't, I didn't have access to that data. And the companies that sell that data, it's really, really, really expensive. So it went on for a couple months and I thought, you know, we have customers all over the place that are some of the top burger makers in the business. Why don't I just create our own report? Why don't I just email them and ask them, what's the top cheese? What are you spending on your burger? What's it, you know, what sauces are you using? And we'll just make our own report. And then, you know, if you look at the makeup of our, of our customer base at Schweiden Sons, I was thinking this is a, I mean, this is kind of the who's who of burgers. If, if you look at it from across, you know, a swath of all the customers and we put out the support last year, it was 10 questions, you know, top cheese, top toppings, top bun, what temperature to cook to that. And it turned out great. And we just sort of threw it out on the internet for free and people loved it. 
and uh, it came around to this year, and we decided to do it again, uh, and we expanded it by about another eight questions, and we added some stuff. Um, to be honest, that was very influenced by this podcast, like which social network do you use? You know, how often do you check ratings and reviews? Um, and what we came up with is, uh, as Brad and I sort of go through the report here with you a little bit, some of the classics will always be the classics, and then the trends definitely change year over year. So we're going to go through all these slides, but before we do, uh, I just have a quick question. Did you find that with the questions that stayed the same from last year to this year that there was any change? Um, there was, there was, and it's going to go, it's going to change. It, I mean, if you look at the two reports next to each other, um, some like, look, when we say, hey, what's the most popular cheese on burgers, what do you think it was? American. Both years, as it will be for the rest of time. <laughs> That's never, ever, ever going to change. Yeah. Uh, but you know there were some pro- some surprises in there. Let's let's get into it. Okay. Where would you like to start, Mr. Brad? You, you, this is your first time going through the reports. So. Yeah. So I I think we should just start at the beginning because I th- found this very interesting. Uh, the question was, what is the average burger patty size being served in restaurants? Um, this is the uncooked weight. So obviously, the more well done you get it cooked, or depending on how the chef uh, grills it, uh, you're going to lose a lot as the fat burns off. But uh, the uh, and that's and that's just good for people to know when you're ordering a burger. If it says the weight on the menu, that's the weight of the uncooked meat. And by a very large margin, eight ounces was number one with forty five percent of all burger patties. Yeah, that's a half pound. It's funny too because I think you like me grew up thinking a quarter pounder was the biggest burger on the planet, right? Yeah, and you would stack quarter pounds and like that two is a double quarter pounder. Yeah, that'd fill you up. Um, and I know that a double quarter pounder is a half pound, but. Um, you know, that was intense. And to see a, an eight ounce patty or a half pound patty on a burger, you were looking at that with big eyes when you were a kid. Yep. And I was guessing, so last year, uh, eight ounce was number one as well, but it was only 36%. It's gone up to 45. Um, but the, the big change was five ounces became number two this year, whereas last year it was seven. And I, I was predicting this, but not to this extent is, I mean, you, you'll probably see this. I'm seeing a lot of like double stacked burgers. Mm-hmm. Right. But those are usually like three ounces or four ounces. So maybe it's just the perception that you and I have, or maybe it's because I eat a lot of five guys. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not terribly surprised. I think once you get to five, four, three, uh, people are willing to people are willing to double stack a five ounce patty, I think, even though it's a lot. Uh, three ounces makes sense. Uh, I, I like Professor Tom's because they'll stack multiple two ounce patties uh, in an ode to Blinky Burger, Burger in Michigan. Ah, really? I didn't know that. Well, that's a one. You know, that's a one point six ounce patty they use. Uh, no, I didn't know that. It is. So I guess. So I guess not even two ounces. Um, no, no. The, the blimpy is a one point six. Excuse me. Well, New York, bigger is better. Although in Michigan, if you ever go to Michigan, you'll see everything is bigger in Michigan. Uh, yeah. So this isn't entirely surprising. Although I wonder what is this great demand for the seven ounce patty? It's such an odd number. Yeah, eleven percent. I don't know who eats seven ounce patties. So there we go. That's strange. Interesting. All right. Uh, we, we talked about buns a little bit. Let's go back to it. Uh, what type so without, of- without looking, have you looked yet? Oh, I, I, I did, but I didn't, I didn't actually see any of the answers. What do you think the most popular bun on hamburgers in America is? Is it a trick question? Uh, it, it, it surprised me. It surprised okay. me two years in a row. So given that it's a surprise, I'm going to say white bread. No. White bread. Brioche. Huh. Yes, brioche is number one, 45%, and that's actually up 7%. 
and plain white, which is the classic hamburger bun, is down two percent to seventeen. Oh, it's it's only even at like a third as popular as a brioche, and then that's followed by uh, potato roll, sesame, Kaiser, and ciabatta, which actually was uh, changed last year. We saw a lot of wheat buns and a lot of pretzel buns, um, and I think this year people are looking more for you know the pretzel thing. I guess once it goes to the big three, it's kind of no longer you know it's, it's past the trend hump. For sure. Let me ask a question. Where was potato rolls last year? Three. Okay, so potato rolls stayed, and and with about four, is that fourteen percent now? Is it about fourteen percent last year? It was ten. So yeah, the top three is still brioche, plain white, and and potato rolls. Okay, so I'm not surprised to see that potato rolls gained a little steam this year because I think that uh, the marketing behind Martin's potato rolls specifically has been really good, um, and I'm not totally surprised that brioche uh, is number one because I think the burger layman. Loves a brioche bun. It feels a little bit fancier, and it and it sounds it sounds nice to put that on your menu. You know, it comes on a brioche bun. The problem with a brioche bun, obviously, is that a lot of places let them dry out because that happens quite yeah. quickly, and some of them are just overwhelming. Um, so I'm not surprised, but I think it's time for America to change this trend. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to see it. Ch- ciabatta seems like a heavier roll than I would put on a burger, and, and Kaiser to me seems a little boring. Um, but those are definitely up. Those are, those were not on trend last year. They are this year. So I wonder if, cause I see Kaiser pretty much only at bodegas, delis, that kind of place. And I think it has no place on a burger. I think we've talked about that before. We have, we have. All right. Um, let's skip around a little bit. Keep things interesting for us. Oh, here we go. Something that we might not be that interested in actually, but the world might be. What are the most popular vegetable toppings being served on burgers? So number one, no surprise, right? Uh, it shouldn't be if, if you are surprised, uh, it is tomato <laughs> and you shouldn't be surprised at number two either, which is lettuce. Yes. So. so what I am surprised about, and maybe it's because they split the vote or split the demand, but I'm surprised onions are below mushroom, avocado, pickle. Um, I would think they were higher, but maybe because white onion and red onion are separate. Uh, that's why they're lower. Yeah. So the result on this one could be skewed cause we did put it, uh, we did separate white and red. Um, but I think those are distinctly different onions, right? That would be like, I wouldn't put a red pepper and a jalapeno pepper as the same pepper. So we, we broke them out together. They're 14% apart the 13 and 11. Uh, and it was very similar. No, they're, last sorry. They're, they're 24% together, not, a, not 14, yeah. which means that they are above <laughs> just below lettuce and tomato together. Yeah. So if you look at onion as a category, it's, it's up there. And then last year, uh, number three was avocado, which it fell to uh, number four this year. I would say I'm surprised, but after reading so much about burger toppings this year, there was a huge push for mushroom burgers. So, yeah, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I am. I, I do think avocado is way better on a burger than a mushroom, though. It is. I feel like I don't see it anywhere, though. The only problem with avocado on a burger, and it's also a problem with mushrooms, they're slippery. Lettuce. Le- lettuce is the only thing on here that really holds and helps the structural integrity of a burger. The rest of these slip and slide around. So I guess, I, I don't know, neither here nor there. People tend to put avocado on a burger when it's like a, um, a Mexican-themed burger. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Not sure how the math works out on this one. One of the most popular types of cheese served on burgers, we already said American, number one, at 71%. How can cheddar be number two at 67%? Uh, because some people put two cheeses on one burger. Got it. Okay. So... As we are now, and, and, and these, by the way, some of these questions were not, you know, single answers. You could have, you could have multiples. 
And so 75% of the people said American, but 62 also said cheddar. You know, I wish we had talked to Jody Evergan at 538 and had him come on and help us break down these numbers because that would have just given us so much legitimacy with this type of <laughs> this type of podcast. Anyway, at number three is Swiss, not surprising, but a pretty big drop-off after Cheddar from 67% to 21%. And then uh, Jack and Blue Cheese are both tied at 8% with Provolone at 4 A little surprised that uh, Gruyere Cheese doesn't pop up on this list. So for me, it was Gouda. I thought Gouda would be on trend this year. Uh, it was on trend last year. Uh, but it has dropped off and been replaced by provolone. So I guess, you know, the conversation we had about pizza burgers is people are definitely going down the road of pizza burgers. For real. By the way, just while we're on the topic of cheese, I was in New Paltz over the weekend, and I went to this place called the Gilded Otter Brewery, and I got cheddar cheese curds with uh, uh, pimento cheese sauce on the side. Holy crap. Yeah, put it in my face. Oh, my God. I ate it then. I saved some for later. It was incredible, both warm and cold. And it sat in my car for two hours, my hot car. And it was still, I risked it. I risked botulism for to eat it. And it was totally worth it. Okay, let's move on to houses. What so this, the, is, this, is not gonna be, this will not be a shocker to anybody. The top three last year were the same top three as last year. Mm-hmm. Okay ketchup, mayo, and then barbecue. That That's not, I don't think that's ever going to change. The percentages are a little bit different this year. Um, where it changes from there is uh, is the next three. Yeah, can I ask some questions about this? Sure. So, so the next three are, let me just give some numbers. So is ketchup at 46%, mayo at 31%, barbecue sauce at 27%, and then you get into uh, signature or special sauce at 21%. Chipotle mayo slash aioli at 13% and then just aioli at 12%. So here's my question for you. The difference between mayo and aioli in this question, was there any kind of like, is that just what you call it on your menu? Are you actually preparing it in a different way? They are different things, but a lot of places I think might just be giving you mayo and calling it aioli. So we didn't clarify that in the questioning. (laughs) You just... We know that some people say aioli and some people say mayo. And the chipotle mayo aioli is a specific one. Sure. So that's chipotle aioli or chipotle mayo. Sure. And Uh, I'm guessing signature sauce is typically like Russian dressing kind of stuff. Yep. And those actually flip-flopped. Last year, it was uh, the top five were ketchup mayo barbecue and then aioli and then signature sauce. And this year, it flipped to signature sauce, chipotle aioli, and aioli. I'm going to go back to 538 for one second just so I can talk about how excited I am that we're doing this right now because I'm such a geek for data-driven content. Uh, I read 538 every day and listen to their podcasts twice a week, sometimes three times a week. And uh, so this is combining my love of data and my love of burgers, and I'm, I'm having a hard time containing myself. <laughs> you know what's not on there that surprised me a little? Tell me. Mustard. Oh, I'm not surprised. Although the people that I was with this weekend for the barbecue all asked for mustard. I mean, look, I'm, I don't think it's a big thing in New York City, but, like, you get out in the MW or you look at, like, the popular chains, like, that's what's on there is mustard. I was surprised. It was on the report last year. It did not make it on trend this year. I've never heard the Midwest referred to that way. The MW? Yeah. Oh, that's the first time for everything. Let's talk proteins. Okay. So if I was going to ask you, what's the most popular additional protein on served on burgers? Meaning you're putting another protein on top of the burger. So, you, you know... Not not another patty, but what else? What do you think would be number one? Yeah, bacon. We talked about it last week. It will be that way forever. Yeah. And number two is chili, uh, then pulled pork. That was the same the last two years. And then this is one that crept on this year that wasn't even on the radar last year. Egg. Yeah. 
And I think, you know what I think that's driven by? Instagram. Yes. <laughs> I think people want likes. <laughs> that's why eggs are getting put on burgers. Yolk porn is a huge hashtag. <laughs> and then the rest of the same ham and, and Canadian bacon, so which also surprised me. I don't know who calls it Canadian bacon, but, you know. So I find it very interesting. Did Scott Hume, for, uh, who was our guest on last week's podcast, did he read this? Did he get a look at this? Was it out uh, yet? He, yeah, he did a full report on it, and he sent it out in his email. Okay, because he mentioned that pulled pork was trending, and it is number three. So, And bacon, of course, 95%. I mean, no surprise. But, um, yeah, for pulled pork to be number three, I wouldn't have guessed, but he really, he really had a, a sense of that. The next um, one I love. I love this question. Well, I don't think it goes far enough, but I guess it's because, okay, this, is, this one pisses me off so much. Not, not the answers to this question. I love the answers to this, to this question, but, but just the price, the skyrocketing price of burgers in um, metropolitan areas drives me insane. So let's get on with it. What is the average price of burgers on restaurant menus? So what do you think, what do you think was number one last year? Oh, interesting. Uh, so I'm going to put out that it was 10 to $11 this year. I'm going to say it was 8 to $9 last year. Uh, it was 10 to 11 last year, but the percentage has gone up. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I think that's a fair price for a burger. But when you're talking about averages, it's pretty high. It is. Now, here's what's going to get you. Number two last year, the average yeah. price was 12 to 12.99. I'm sorry, that's this year? Mm-hmm. That's this year. Uh, last year, it was 9 to 9.99. So there was some inflation. So maybe the 10, last year's 9 to 9 became 10 to 10. And last year's 10 to 10, 10 to 11 became 10 to 12. I'm one, now, I, it's not on the report, but... Do you have a sense of how many burgers were over $20? What percentage, if any? Um, it was so anything less than like 3%, we just left out of the report. We figured it was too insignificant. Okay, so then for our listeners, uh, nothing made the list over $13. So that's the bright side. Most burgers are still under $13. Yep. So, yes. so what would you guess is the temperature, the number one temperature at which burgers are served? Um, I would guess medium because that's what menus tell you to do. And what do you order? Medium rare, of course. Although the other question is, what do I cook for myself? What do you cook for yourself? Rare. Do you really? Yeah. So I expected medium rare to be the number one answer, and that was foolish because I'm using my own lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but medium rare was actually number three and only at 13%. But that's up. Last year it was 8% at number three. And you are correct. Medium is number one, and that's up. Last year was 57%. This year it's at 52 And then medium well hangs in there at number two. So I'm, I'm not surprised, especially with what happened at Chipotle, and it happens every few years with foodborne illnesses. I think people in general are pretty wary of having raw beef. Um, and I think at some places that's probably a good idea. So that's why I say like when I'm handling it myself or I know, I know where I, when I buy beef, I know where it came from. Uh, I'm comfortable. I know how I've handled it. I'm comfortable cooking it rare at a restaurant. I'm worried if I cook it rare, are they just going to give me a raw piece of beef? I don't know. Cause when I get it medium, sometimes it comes out rare. Um, how do you feel about black and blue? It's not a steak. <laughs> Amen. I don't, I don't want it that way. So, okay. so the rest of the report, these questions didn't exist on last year's, um, but I threw them in, um, to be honest, pretty much influenced by the conversations we have on this podcast, um, because I'm curious, right? I'm curious to know if we're dealing with, let's say that this report was uh, created from data from some of the top burger restaurants in, in America who are, who are trend setting and doing, you know, really good business. Um, 
I wanted Brad and I and, and the audience here to be able to get a look into um, their business measures because I wanted to measure against how we see things. And so, you know, we asked this question, you know, which ratings and review sites do you check regularly? What do you think the number one answer was? Yelp. It's, it's obvious. That's this industry. That's who they is. Number two, though, and, this, you know, put your New York lens on was TripAdvisor. Nobody I know in New York uses TripAdvisor except for which restaurants? It's restaurants that attract tourists. Yeah, the ones in Times Square. You go yeah. in Times Square, you go in the window, you see we're on Foursquare, we're on TripAdvisor, we're on Yelp. But you leave Times Square, you do not go into East Village and find Virginia's on TripAdvisor. They might be there, but they've probably never looked at it. So that that was, uh, that was again, taking the New York lens off. Um, that was a, a different one to see. Then Google My Business was, was number three. Uh, then Foursquare, OpenTable, Zomato, uh, Facebook, and Zagat were all kind of uh, kind of tied a little bit there. So I want to make some predictions here. I think we're going to see Foursquare go down next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with OpenTable. Zomato, I'm surprised to see. I've only ever used that in India. Um, <laughs> I think Facebook will definitely shoot up next year, mm-hmm. uh, especially because of the way that Facebook changed their algorithm to encourage users to leave reviews and encourage businesses to really push their local pages by allowing more organic reach through local pages than through brand pages, I think we'll see Facebook reviews definitely going up. Because uh, I think we'll, we'll get like window stickers saying, review us on Facebook, just like they say, review us on Yelp. Yep. I think if you are a really active marketer from the restaurant business, you would do Yelp. Um, you would do TripAdvisor if you're in a tourist area. Um, you would go into Google My Business just to claim your business, correct the hours, and then spend the rest of your time checking Facebook. I would actually monitor those Google My Business reviews. I, I know for the business I work for, we're getting more and more of those all the time. Really? Yeah. And we do, and we did. We got into it because it was really important that the hours and locations be correct. And now I'm seeing all kinds of reviews coming in. Some of them are, and, and you know what's interesting? The reason you really want to pay attention is I see a lot of malicious reviews come in on Google My Business. People who say, this was okay, not great. Try this nearby place. Uh, it's obviously that other business. Mm, can you, as the business owner, can you answer or delete those? You can answer them. Yeah, you can't delete them. Interesting, interesting. All right, this next question, this is the one that really honestly fried my noodle. The question was, how often do you reply to ratings and reviews on websites? Now, again, using my lens, I assumed people are going to say that they do them daily, right? I assume that that was the crowd we were dealing with. That's where we are in, in the world. And that's like how important this stuff is. But daily actually came in as the number three answer. That was not the most popular. Uh, weekly was number one. That was not really the shocker. 33%. That means one out of three restaurants checks it weekly, right? 27% checks it daily. But this is the one that got me, Brad. 28% of restaurant owners and operators never check ratings or reviews websites. That means they've never, ever, one out of four has never looked at their Yelp page. But we learned when we talked to Jay Bear that this is the case. I mean, he said that this is very common and that's also why it's such a good idea to check your ratings and reviews because it puts you so far ahead of the curve. Yeah, I mean, he did say the the number one, the best way to win is just showing up to the game and this is clear that, look, one out of four restaurants doesn't even bother to look. You know, I guarantee too, if we called four restaurant owners right now and ask them, like, oh, how's your customer service? They'd say, oh, it's the best in the business. And then we'd go check their Yelp page, and I'm sure we'd find something. Right. I actually want to take this opportunity to, to just shout out a few past episodes we've done if you want to learn a little bit more about the things we're talking about. So go back and find our episode where we interviewed Jay Bear. 
uh, find our episode where we interviewed Tyler from Casual Fridays. Uh, and if you want to learn about about the burger business, last week we interviewed Scott Hume. That's the reference that we made a few times um, also. And then also, um, I would definitely go back and listen to the interview we did with Christian Ward of Yext. I, for the business I work for, use Yext to monitor ratings and reviews. And I think it's an, a really good tool. And it was interesting hearing his take on on uh, that process. Just speaking on that, the wife and I went to a Dunkin' Donuts yesterday. And I was like, hey, what street is that on? She's like, oh, don't Google it. It's wrong. And I went and looked. And sure enough, I was like... Dunkin' Donuts needs some yext action happening. I went kayaking over the weekend, and he didn't have his business on Google My Business. And I told, I said, "Why don't you, I found it?" Because I went to the Gilded Otter, and there was a sign outside for kayaking. And I and then we could we had a really hard time actually getting to the kayak place because it wasn't on Google My Business. I had to do it through Yelp and Apple Maps uh, with the address. So I said to the guy who runs it, "You have to get on Google My Business." And I was with all my friends who I was with were in either like the ad tech or marketing space. And we were like, we're the people that help you with this. So we spent five minutes helping him get signed up for a bunch of stuff. Oh, geez. There you go. See, yeah. just like, just like that scene in the internship. I didn't see that movie. Oh, I don't think I missed anything. It, it, it's, it's a good Sunday afternoon t- TBS yeah. film. I, I actually turned it on on a plane once and then turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about social media. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, the report asked which social networks are you using to promote your business. Uh, I think it should come as no surprise that Facebook is number one. I am a little bit surprised that Instagram has surpassed Twitter. I know that's the global trend, but I'm kind, I was almost surprised to see that uh, restaurants have gotten on that bandwagon. But I think maybe, maybe it's already happened. Restaurants are abandoning Twitter. Was Twitter yeah. higher last year? Uh, we didn't ask this question last year, so I don't, right. I, I don't know. But... Um, you know, I've seen more and more restaurants abandoning Twitter, like just deleting yeah. their account. Yeah, um, I think it's a, I think it's a mistake. I think Twitter's still a really good customer service tool. It is, but you know, would you recommend that a restaurant only answer customer service questions on Twitter and use it for nothing else? I think if they frame it that way, then sure. But also, what's the harm in just recycling your other media on Twitter? So you're saying if you post something on Facebook or Instagram, just put it on Twitter as well. Yeah, don't just share it to Twitter because that doesn't look good. But actually take that image, post it to a Twitter, use an abbreviated version of the same caption. You have your content. But Twitter is the way that a lot of people want to complain. And you're not going to learn anything if you're not seeing your complaints. I would agree with you there. And I, I think from a restaurant perspective, um, I don't think Twitter is a really great marketing tool. Just because, look, the half-life of Twitter is, what, like seven minutes? Sure. Right? And, and most of what restaurants are doing, they're not like, hey, come to the restaurant right now. It's not a food truck. It's like, hey, Thursday, we're going to have the game on. Like, cool. By the time I'm thinking about where do I want to go see the game in an hour, like it's an irrelevant, it's an irrelevant form of you know, communication. I mean, I don't disagree. And also the audience is leaving Twitter. I just I don't think it's become a completely irrelevant tool. I'm, I'm with you there. But uh, from a restaurant perspective, I would agree that Facebook and Instagram is going to get them way, way further. Yeah. Although with this algorithm, I know it's helping some, but as a new account, just getting on, let's say you're a new restaurant getting on Instagram, it's going to be difficult for you to really get a lot of attention. So just know that Instagram's not going to be a silver bullet for you. You're going to have to really put in the work. Well, I mean, I would say that with almost any social network, but most certainly Instagram because there's no click throughs other than the bio. So yeah. And then with Facebook, I just want to say really focus on a local uh, business page, not on a brand page, especially if you're um, if you have a few locations, because your local business page is going to get better organic engagement. The other ones in here, Pinterest, Snapchat, Foursquare, YouTube, all were within a few percentage points of each other, but didn't even you know. Twitter was number three at fifty eight percent of them using it. Pinterest is at thirteen percent. So you know, like I think that those are networks that if you have the manpower 
and you have the creative juice and you have the content you could use for uh, a restaurant business, but I don't know that you're going to get the same type of reward or ROI that you would from using the other three. Totally agree. I think you have to be a very specific kind of place to make Pinterest work. Same goes for Snapchat and you need a lot of manpower behind Snapchat. Foursquare, I don't really, I mean, I I would monitor your reviews on there, but there's not much you can do with them. And then YouTube, you're going to need a lot of money to make that happen um, or it's going to look bad. So if you don't have the dough, don't, I'd say don't bother. So Brad, I think there's one more question we should cover cover from the report and then let people go to schweidensons.com and uh, get it on their own and look at it from there. And that is, uh, Talking fries equal crack here, buddy. What are your most popular burger side items? All right, man. Let's look at it. I mean, obviously, French fries, number one with a bullet. Almost surprised it's not 100%. No, and I mean, look, I think, you know, when I said at the beginning of this this show, look, the classics are the classics, and when it comes to burgers, they're never going to change, right? So how do you look at this report from a menu perspective? Whatever's in category number or, you know, whatever's in number one or whatever's in pole position, you need to have that on your menu. If you don't have American cheese on your burger, you are missing out on a slice of business. The rest of this report is like, hey, what else do you want to do, right? And so, of course, American cheese, bacon, French fries, lettuce, tomato, like these are the ways to go. Um, the rest of this um, kind of surprised me. And what will really surprise you, Brad, is, you know, we did this as a multiple choice question. And so it said, you know, when, you, when we sent this out to the restaurants, it was, French fries, onion wings, sweet, uh, sweet potato fries, tater tots, curly fries, chips. You know what we didn't put in there? Uh, nope. Salad. And you know what was number? What came up as number four? Salad. Interesting. It's more popular than we thought. So popular that people wrote it in. Which also means that that data might be a little skewed next year. Obviously, you'll put it in as an option, and I bet you'll see that rise. Probably. We did it, again. You know, we were thinking, what, what's a what's a side item to a burger typically? Right. I mean, how often does a write-in candidate get ranked? Almost never. Never. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I've only, I mean, I get it. Listen, George Motes, I'm sure he gets the uh, salad as a side <laughs> for his burger all the time because he hates fries. So anyway, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, onion, onion rings, number two at 31%. I don't know if we said French fries, 93%. Uh, sweet potato fries, 28%. Curly fries, 5%. And chips, 5%. Fries and curly fries are not above chips in any kind of significant way, but the salad piece is, is probably the biggest takeaway here. Well, like I said, if you want to learn more, go to schweidensons.com or just Google Schweidensons Burger Trends Report. You can download the whole thing for free. You can take a look at the data. Um, some point soon, we'll, we'll, we'll be publishing a side-by-side, or you could just listen to this podcast again. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Rev, please get me a leather-bound version of this. I want to put it on my nightstand. Yeah. And um, yeah, awesome. We'll be back next week with a guest. All right, buddy. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.